John Stauder is our producer, and uh, he will uh, take your phone call and put you on hold and introduce you to myself and our audience tonight so you can tell us about the first car you've had. John, have we have some eager beavers like Todd out there tonight, or are we waiting for our first call to come in, our seed call? I've lost my, my producer somewhere. John, are you there? No phone calls as of right now. No phone calls, you say? Okay. I was afraid the phone had dropped out on me. I looked at it, and my, my light on my handset was out. But So you let me know as soon as somebody pops up, because it's always important to get that seed caller, that first caller. I said I got my first automobile that I owned. It wasn't the first one I drove. I, I think my progress in driving an automobile was about the normal progress. I got my license as soon as I could, which was when you were 16 in North Carolina. I learned to drive on a dirt road behind my grandfather's house that ran across some, uh, well, some rural property. They were a dirt road that ran across some places where crops were planted and so on, and there wasn't any danger of me hurting anybody, and I, I was driving a, let's see if I can remember, see if you can remember too this, this is something you can, you can represent, a 1951 Chevrolet. Uh, we, we we didn't have a lot of brand new cars then, and had it three on the, on the column, and there will be some young people or some forgetful people who will say, what is he talking about? Three on the column. And it had a, a bench seat. That's something I want to talk about tonight, too, what you thought about the first bench seats that, uh, well, not the first ones that you saw, but when they began disappearing and they were replaced by bucket seats. I seem to remember the first uh, car that I remember, which was, let's call it a normal car, not a sports car, was the, the early Mustangs. Well, all Mustangs had, bench, had uh, bucket seats. And that was the first time a car that was a regular car sold by dealership to run on the streets came with bucket seats rather than a bench seat. Of course, the shortcoming there was uh, you, you, you had one less spot. You could sometimes get three people in the front seat if you had a bench seat. Or if you were on a date, if you turned the corner right, maybe your girlfriend would slide over and be a little closer to you. Maybe you had that experience. Maybe you have some story to tell us. 919 WPTF. What was your first car? Was it an automatic? Uh, and did, did it have uh, a shift on the column or a shift on the floor? What was the thing we used to say? We had a four on the floor and a fifth under the seat. Of course, that was something that we wouldn't want to admit uh, because it, I'm certain it was probably illegal. But uh, automobiles are, are, are a real facet of uh, American life, and when you were old enough to get yours, it provided you with your full ticket to being a teenager and your full ticket to having some independence and, and being able to uh, get away from home without being driven somewhere by your mother or your father or somebody like that. I think one of the reasons I was interested in pursuing this particular subject tonight, and again, our phone number is 919-860-9783, was I saw about 30 minutes of American graffiti the other day. Some of the scenes when uh, the uh, young people of whatever town that was in California were driving around uh, hoping to make contact with uh, members of the opposite sex or at least to show off the, their engines. And uh, uh, 
did you do that? Did you drag Maine? And Goldsboro was not Maine. It was Center Street. Then you had to go a while because the place that, that, uh, that the teenagers gathered in their automobiles was not near downtown. And people in, in Goldsboro of my age, and there are a few of them left, although they are all moldy oldies by now. I remember Skinny's drive-in and going up and down Ash Street and around Center Street and, and, and a few other directions. 919-860-9783. Don't be bashful and uh, uh, come and support the program. Talk with Tom tonight about your automobile, the first one you had or the one, if it's not the first one, the one that you really like, the one that you'd like to have back, the one that you wish you had not destroyed uh, one way or another. And so 919-860-WPTF, and uh, we will uh, let you queue up while we take a break here. John, I'm going to talk about King's Auto, first of all, right here to begin with tonight, and then we'll, we'll take our break, and we will hope some callers queue up. That's what the Brits would call it. We would call get in line, but we'll, we'll say they queue up, and, and you can get in the queue now at 919-860-9783. When you're servicing your car, you need to know that the cycle of service is important. Your cycle of service begins the month that you buy your car. That cycle does not necessarily match with the normal seasonal changes, and that is the mark where you would change the oil and have it serviced and so on. At King's Auto Service, they will schedule your service intervals based on that cycle. For those who are using synthetic oil or driving limited miles, those uh, uh, reservations to have your car serviced might be at, at different intervals than they would be otherwise. You may go months past the normal service based on those miles, and would need to schedule your service up to two or three different times a year. During your service, Kings will check wipers, belts, tires, transmission fluid levels. For those of you who are currently driving a Toyota Prius or some other hybrid vehicle, the certified hybrid technicians at Kings are now able to refurbish your high-voltage battery pack for less than the dealer would charge to replace it. The, the need to replace it usually occurs, by the way, at about 150,000 miles. Call Kings tomorrow to schedule a courtesy battery analysis. King's Auto Service and King's Correct Loop and their state inspection station are easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net on the web. I think you can make an appointment on the, 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 the web, by the way. King's Auto Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto care service since 1946. I really want to talk about this because I enjoy talking about cars. And he said, well, you got you got a full house. So all of you who are there, stay there. We will work towards you as fast as possible. And, of course, you can listen to the program on your telephone. Uh, John Stoddard, our producer, tells me that Stanley from Raleigh is on the line. Stanley, good evening. You're on WPTF. Good evening, Mr. Kearney. It's good to have you back. Well, thank you. See, I would – I used – yeah, I'm one of those people who doesn't know how to take a compliment or a gift, so I always say send money, but uh, I won't send it to you. <laughs> sure. Uh, my first car, uh, my favorite, was a 1978 MGB, and uh, my grandmother bought it for me for my 16th birthday at a plane, uh, a plane uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, a dealer that you will probably remember that's no longer there. It was Embrun Pontiac. Oh, on Capitol yeah. Boulevard. Yeah, they used to be, and before they were on Capitol, they were on Hillsborough Street. Uh, Absolutely, right where uh, Faircloth crosses it now. It, in fact, it wasn't open then. They were 
they had to tear it down to put to open it up. You know, so you could, I remember it well. I had a Pontiac. I had a poor man's GTO, which is uh, it's the the one without the big engine in it. It, 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 it. If you looked at it from the outside, it looked just like a GTO, but it didn't have the big engine in it. It had a 326, I think. And that's as far as I can go, because although I love to talk about cars, I certainly don't know a lot about them. Now, you, that's a nice grandmother to have. I, I just kind of feel sorry for you. But, uh, <laughs> no, she was terrific. She no, really was. No, I'm, I'm kidding, because... You know, uh, my my little brother, his daddy bought him a car as soon as he turned 16. But you remember, if you've been listening to the program, who bought my first car for me? You see what I mean? That's what I'm getting at. It's nice to have somebody to give you one. Did the girls like it? They did. They loved it. Okay. They, they really did. It was more than I could have ever expected. Okay, so you had a date for the prom, then? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> you know I'm pulling your leg there. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that, that's good. Well, thank you for, for joining us tonight. And you are our seed caller, so uh, and John tells me uh, that we, we have an inspired group tonight, so I, I appreciate that. And uh, maybe, when, uh, maybe when you cross over to the Great Divide, you'll end up uh, uh, being rewarded with an MTB somewhere, okay? Well, Tom, it's great to have you back. God bless. Thank you, Stanley. Uh, Stanley and Raleigh got a 16th birthday. His grandmother bought him a car, and uh, I envy him that. Uh, who, who's coming up now, John? We have Norman. Norman! Norman, are you there? Norman? Can you hear me, Tom? I can now. I can now. Do you okay. remember that song, Norman? Uh, oh, yeah, I remember it. I got kids about that a lot. <laughs> yeah, back in the 60s, there was this Norman. Uh, there was a song called Norman. Uh, I remember anyway. I was around then. Where were um, you? Where were you when you were around? Were you in Raleigh? No, I was in Durham. I then, grew up in Bethesda. Bethesda, which, which is a kind of like a suburb of Durham, as I remember. Oh yeah, that's just a little community. Uh, uh, anyhow, but uh, my first car uh, was a '66 Comet Catalente. '66 Comet. Mm-hmm. And a Lampert. Well, we're talking Ford then, are we? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've got a Comet was a Ford. It was a Ford right Was it brand paid, new or was it used? No, no, it was used. I paid $400 for it. I bought it myself uh, just from uh, money I've worked. Uh, I started working when I was, I bought the car when I was 16. That was 1971. Uh, I started working when I was 13. Uh, working for other people, but I would mow grass or whatever. But, you know, I saved my money up, bought that car. But uh, to tell you how times have changed, I remember when my mom and daddy bought their first new car. It was a, I wasn't but six years old, but I can remember they bought a 1961 Chevrolet Bistang. Okay. Uh, Four-door. Uh, uh, so a nice right. car, a nice car. Uh-huh, but you know what? Everybody in the community come around to look at that car. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's what the people used to do. If you lived on a block and you got a new car, everybody wanted to come down and look at it. Yeah. Nowadays, if somebody buys a new car, it's just... <laughs> hey, and look, Tom, Yeah. Uh, I remember going with my, uh, my brother, he was older than me, and my daddy, to the uh, Carpenter Chevrolet in Durham. My brother wanted a uh, Chevelle. Do you remember the Chevelles? 
I do. This was around probably 67 or 68. And I remember how much it, it cost. I don't, you know how some things stick with you? Uh, it, I think it was $2,800, $2,800 for a new, you know, Chevelle. And that would just about make one payment on a car like that today. <laughs> I know, boy, time for change, hasn't it? When I got old enough, and I didn't have any money, but I, went, I remember going to, uh, because they had a record, it was something new for being sturdy, and I, I, I kind of go for function, but I went to the uh, VW dealer in Goldsboro, and they, they, the brand new one cost $1,200 then. I believe you. I had several VWs. Well, they, the, the bug, I think, justified its reputation, at least in my experience. I never owned one of them, but the people that did own them and the ones I observed were just about indestructible. They were. They were. They would just keep going. But uh, how long did you keep the car that you got? Oh, the Comet? Oh, the Comet, okay. okay. Yeah, the Comet. Uh, let's see. I probably kept it for about, uh, I'd say, a year or two. And uh, I sold it to a friend of mine. We were all teenagers. <laughs> and uh, he bought it, and then it blowed up with him.
open phone nights, which is what we've got tonight, and we're we're asking you to be interested in being nostalgic about the the first car you ever had and some experience related to it. Uh, you, the way you want to tell the story is sort of up to you. Our telephone number is eight six zero nine seven eight three with a nine one nine before it. Nine one nine is our area code. Eight six zero WPTF, and we'll talk about your automobiles. And we've got a couple of lines open now, so. Don't be bashful. Come on and join us. John, you forgot to tell me, or I wasn't listening, who the, the name of our next caller is. So this will be Ann from Raleigh. Ann from Raleigh. Ann from Raleigh, good evening. Hello, Tom. Hello. Uh, you, were, you were wanting to hear about our first cars? Or right. cars I'm trying like? to decide. We have several Anns and which Ann you were. And so, uh, and the, I'm you know, the one that's waiting. Since you said we don't have any calls, we need people to queue up. So I've been waiting all this time. Oh, well, I'm first, sorry. Uh, I'm, well, but I'm, I'm mildly flattered that you waited, as a matter of fact. Of course. I learned that garage doors can talk. I learned that Kings is where you should take your car to get it repaired. But my first car that I loved, and I loved it so much, 65 Mustang, Burgundy. Ooh. Not the hatchback, but the other one. Oh, you, you, you probably wish you still had that because that would be a valuable car. And I, my wife and I have a friend, a lady she used to work with, who finished up at, at Meredith College, and that was what she got. You know, I was, a, I think it was a, a sixty-five and a half or something. But that was about the yeah. when they came out. Yeah, Tom, you're right. They were calling it a sixty-five and a half because it came out came out in mid-year. Mid-year, like right? That. And uh, it was. But, um, I borrowed a tremendous amount of money, $2,200, in order to buy that car. And you paid it back, and you loved having the car. Yeah. But and you were mentioning earlier about back when you didn't have any money. Those were the good old days. They really were. When we didn't have any money, we really appreciated everything we had. Well, you, you know, it's interesting. My advisor at Chapel Hill, when I went to grad school, he and his wife had a Mustang. Just like the one you had and my other friend had. Right. He said, he told me one time, this is not just about Mustangs, but he and his wife, when they were in graduate school, they were dirt poor, you know. They just yeah. they didn't have any money. And he said they were as happy as they were ever in their lives when they yeah. didn't have any money. And I say, I understand, I believe that. Uh, that uh, it, it, it sort of brings you together. You have to think about what you do, and then you, you don't. Imagine that you're going to find some happiness in buying something else. I'm a, I'm showing a side of me I don't usually show on the radio, but I'm I'm not much of a consumer uh, as it goes. Uh, probably because I, think, I haven't I always had a lot of I think, money. I think you're I think you're a smart fella, but I have to tell you your theme song after the first commercial is not very good. The one you just played now was good, but that first one I was hearing it on my radio and on my phone. But I'm going to go and let you talk to the other ends. Well, uh, let, let me just say one thing. Thank you for that. And John Sauter, take take note of that. Maybe we need to get some. Those are called bumper tunes. They sort of bump you back into the broadcast. And John Sauter is the producer, and maybe he'll he'll look into that for us. But, hey, Tom, I told you you were smart. You have a good evening. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh, she knows knows what to do. Flattery will get you anywhere. Uh, but... Uh, Interesting. Uh, I'm glad somebody did bring up the Mustang. And uh, one thing I like to do is watch uh, in movies and old TV shows is to watch the cars. And 
and who has a, a, a Mustang. Uh, if you watch, uh, oh, I've got it. What is it? John, what's the show with Andy Griffith in it? Uh, not Madlock. Madlock. He had a, 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 a guy who was his uh, detective. Not the first one, but the second one. And he drove a red Mustang, classic Mustang. It was, probably was a 1965 convertible. Now, if you're going to be a detective, you're going to be trailing some people and trying to stay out of sight, not letting them discover you're following them. And I would say a red Mustang convertible is not the car that I would choose. But then again, they didn't ask me. But uh, I think there's a certain uh, incongruity, <laughs> incongruity in that. But I was glad that somebody brought up the Mustang tonight and uh, because I remember the two friends I had who had them and had the new thing. It really wasn't new because they'd been coming. European sports cars had them, and American cars were beginning to adopt them. I think the the car that, that uh, was very popular, if you had a lot of cash, the Buick Riviera uh, had uh, for a big sedan-type car uh, bucket seats. John, who's the other, other caller here that's on the line here now? Hello? I've lost John. Nine one nine eight six zero WPTF nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Hello, John. Tom, we have Kathy. Kathy, okay. Kathy, good evening. You're on WPTF. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Do you spell it with My a C first... or with a K? With a K. And how do you spell what happens after T H? Why? K-A-T-H. Why? Or uh, my sister spells it R-Y-N. She's a Kathy, too. Oh, Kathy. okay. That's how my daughter spells her. Right, or, okay. And yeah, yours, I I-N-E? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about cars. Okay. Where, where were you car? buying this car? Was it uh, beautiful downtown Raleigh or some other place? No, I bought it from Carpenter Chevrolet in Durham. It seems like the people we've got tonight are all in Durham. The signal must be really strong <laughs> in that direction tonight. Must be. Um, no, I was 19 years old, and I had my first job. My mother had given me $300 um, for a down payment on a car. And so we went down to Carpenter Chevrolet, and I found a 1972 Nova. And it's, um, it was... $3,200, and I had my $300 down payment, and um, and I had, a, I had a humdinger of a car. Most of them had a 302 engine. Mine had a 350, and it didn't have the little emblem on the side, so I was sitting in a stoplight, and some fellow with a hot rod was sitting there revving his engine. I just usually left him. <laughs> well, now tell me, Kathy, I'm, I'm trying to be cute now, and I may not succeed. But if I'd been standing on the corner, or kind of sticking my thumb, would you have picked me up? No. No? Well, don't. No. I didn't pick up people. <laughs> well, I just thought you might have said, well, anyway, he's not too handsome, but he's kind of cute. Maybe I'll just pick him up in my brand new car here. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I didn't do that. But how long did you keep it? Um, About... Well, it wasn't quite paid for, I don't think. Um, I traded in for Mustang Mark 1. 
Uh-huh. Now, Carpenter Chevrolet was down there pretty close to the ballpark then, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, kind of close to where that is. It's um, really over on Main, right off of Main Street. Yeah. Kind, yeah. Yeah, it was there. Um, but um, that, now the, that Nova was a really good car. It didn't have carpet in it. It had vinyl that looked like carpet, <laughs> which right. was made it easier to clean. And I only put high test gas in it, and it cost me four dollars and thirty-seven cents to fill it up on Friday night, which I usually ran out before the night was over. So, you know, thank goodness it was cheap. <laughs> well, now wait a minute. Are you telling me you did spend a lot of driving on Friday night? I did. There was, was this little circuit, and we just drove in circles and went round and round and round. Was this so. in Durham? Yeah. Well, I have yeah. heard of the circuit in Raleigh, and I have some idea. And I, of course, I grew up in Goldsboro, and I know exactly where that one was. But one night we'll have to get you on here and let you tell us where you drove. You know where, where the circuit was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> where you where you, where the drive-in was that you hoped to to run into somebody maybe along the way. Have you ever seen it the movie American the... Graffiti? No. You should see it. I recommend it to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, right. I'll, I'll see if it's on, well, I don't know. I'll have to see if somebody's got the movie I can borrow. Oh, well, they have that, that, you can probably find it on some service, you know, they, they, you know I don't know, the ones, all yeah. these the streaming services now. And, uh, but it, it is a, it's a wonderful movie, and, uh, and Harrison Ford is in it, and uh, uh, what am I trying to say, the guy who played Richie Cunningham, in fact, he, Richie Cunningham, and and so on. So it, it's a good movie, and it's just about like life was for people in the class of 62 and spending all their time dragging Maine and hoping to meet someone of the opposite sex. And it almost never happened, of course, but uh, one can dream. Yeah, well, thank you for being yeah. here tonight. Yeah. And, uh, John, I, these folks enjoy their automobiles, and we've had ladies on tonight, too. We've had two guys and two ladies. If you uh, if you will tell us about your automobile, the first one you had and where you bought it, the joy that it brought you, and whether it had vinyl uh, foot mats or, or rubber or what, uh, that's the kind of stuff. Whether it had four on the floor or three on the column, whether it was automatic or straight drive. And what did the gas cost? The first gallon of gas I bought for a car that I own cost twenty nine nine, And... Uh, if I put twenty nine nine in my car today, I might not get out of the driveway. John, do we have any other callers right now? We have Robert. Okay, we're going to save Robert. We'll talk to him right after this break. Scheduled to be our guest, and we're going to talk about the weather, about how hot it is, and when is that going to change, or if it is going to change. But also, we have noted some uh, activity in the Gulf of Mexico and in the Atlantic that might be the genesis of what could turn into a, a, a tropical storm or even a hurricane. And so Nick will have uh, time to talk about that tomorrow night. So we're going to talk about the weather, 9 to 10 tomorrow night. Friday night will be trivia night. And Monday night, Jim Clark, the presiding goober of the Andy Griffith Society rewatch, rerun watching club, will be our guest. And if you are an Andy Griffith fan, you'll want to hear that program. Tonight, we're being nostalgic about First of all, I love to talk about cars, automobiles. I had a 1959 Chevrolet. It's one of those with the great big fins on the back. 
it had a small six engine and it was big and heavy and it was uh, zero to sixty in about ten minutes. You you weren't going to. One of the ladies who was on talked about hot rodders at a stoplight. Well, I was not in contention, but it got me there just the same. John Sauter, our producer, says that Robert is on the line. Robert, good evening. Welcome to WPTF. Hey, sir. This will have to be a short one. A big block Buick, four barrel, over 400 cubic inch, used car that my father bought from a friend of his. And that four-barrel came in very handy when I was driving, or correctly, riding with a friend of mine to Fayetteville. We saw a car that rolled over a 995. So I said to my friend in passing, as fast as you can go, go to the overpass. We'll go see if he's okay. We're doing about 105 on 985 north and get our doors blown off by a highway patrolman. Who's going faster than you are? Much. That's what you're saying. I'm I not I'm translating what you're saying. I think I got it right. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I us. blinked. I hey. blinked. He passed us. Right. He was getting, now, the what they would say in my hometown is he was getting on it. Is what he was doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we passed another highway patrolman who missed his exit. Was trying to make a turn. We pulled up next to him. I said, "I think I know who you're looking for. Follow us." So we drive back over the overpass and go back where this rolled over car was that we later found out had been previously owned by a bank robber about five minutes beforehand, which explained the urgency of the highway patrol. Uh-huh. But that big block could move when all four barrels opened and the torque converter kicked in. And it was a Buick, did you say? It was a Buick. It was a tank, a big, gray, comfortable tank. What, what name was on it? Was it like a Sabre or something like that? I think so. Okay, I, 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 uh, uh, Cutlet is what one guy called it. I think he meant Cutlet, but anyway. Well, Robert, that that has made my night now that, to know that uh, that some speed was being showed on I-95 and uh, uh, that, that the cop went by you. You're always hoping that there is a, a patrolman or a policeman when you want one. And uh, I can remember one Sunday afternoon, I was coming back to Raleigh from Goldsboro. I, I get to tell my story, too, you see. And uh, and these guys were in, a, like, a, uh, a Nissan or something, and they were weaving all over the highway. And and I look up, and here, here across the, the, the medium there, between the, you know, the two different roads, the, the, the eastbound and westbound, comes a car, and it has DMV on the side of it. And it is digging in the dirt. Do you follow me? You follow what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And they were after they called these guys. But that's the only time in my life I've ever wanted one of those people to be there, and they were actually there. But it was it was a, <laughs> it was it was a good feeling to see these people catch the. But it was just looked like something out of a Steve McQueen movie, uh, and you know what I mean by that. Well, take care. I think we've got, John said we had one other call coming in. I don't know if that's for sure. But thanks for calling and thanks for waiting, okay? Thank you, sir. I love the show. Thank you. Okay. Robert with the big Buick on I-95 trying to do some good. Uh, John, do we have another person? We have uh, Ken from Raleigh. Ken from Raleigh. Ken, good evening. And Tom, uh, as we used to work together, I'm not going to tell you about my first car, but I'm going to tell you about the car I wish I still had. Okay, I'm up for that. 1965 
Nassau Blue Chevrolet Corvette Convertible. Whoa! I bought it uh, in 1970 for $2,400, and I sold it. I mean, and I sold it two years later for 2000 because I couldn't get insurance on it. Uh, the Corvette was involved in a pretty expensive lawsuit back in the early 70s, and insurance companies wouldn't write insurance on it. So uh, now You said I, a Corvette was what you had, right? Yes. The Corvette is the only sport, what you might call a sports car or whatever you would call it, that I've ever wanted to own. I've never wanted to own a Jaguar or an Austin Healey or, you know, or anything, but I, I've if it was a, a Corvette about those years that you're talking about, I would take one if somebody offered it to me. Well, I wish I still had it because I could get uh, probably $20,000 for it. But one reason, other reason I had to get rid of it is it stayed broken down. Uh, it was not a dependable car. It had problems with the brakes. So yeah. uh, fortunately, I had a second car that was dependable. So... Uh, when I couldn't get insurance on it and found out it was not dependable enough to, to, to go out of town in, I had it towed back from Roxboro one day when it broke down up there with me. So, well, you know, uh, we've got about a minute left, so I have to hurry. That's often the case with big, fancy cars. One time when we had one of the mechanics on, a guy called up and uh, said he was going to buy this used Jaguar. And what did my mechanic who was sitting there beside me in the control room think about it? And he looked at me. Of course, we were on the radio. They, nobody could see it. And he said, do you have another car? <laughs> Which you understand what he meant there. Oh, absolutely, because I, I literally needed a second car uh, so I could be sure I had transportation because I traveled some for my work and I had yeah. to have something I could depend on. Well, one great of my... having you back, Tom. Well, thank you, and I'm glad that you're there, and we'll be looking for you the next time we come around this corner, okay? Okay, thanks a lot. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was a wonderful program tonight. When we, we call out on a limb and invite you to call, we never know what's going to happen, but people are nostalgic about their automobiles. I'm still thinking about that 59 Chevy that we call the Green Machine. Tomorrow night we're going to talk about the weather. <laughs>